everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 23. It is called Sarek. So obviously we expected big things to get out of this one just because, hey, we got a character from the original series and uh, popping popping in here. And they do kind of acknowledge how old he is now. He's, you know, he's over 200 years old. It's a big part of the plot. And the premise of this episode is that he is here to negotiate his fight, and it's his final task as well. He's, he's, he's planning to retire after this, or at least that's what the scuttlebutt is, uh, as Picard and Raker talk about at the start of the episode. But he's here there to negotiate with the Legarans, and it's this big deal. And we never meet the Legarans, we never even see it. It's all about the, the build-up to it, uh, the actual negotiations itself. You just assume, you know, Sark's going to do what he does. We just accept that he's going to go in and do his thing. But uh, the the... the, the you know, the, the pickle here is that he has a, essentially, Vulcan uh, Alzheimer's is, is probably the, the the closest comparison. Nah? I guess. It's it's not an exact... No, but I mean, there's thing. not anything specifically. Exactly no, no, there's not. Uh, they call it Bendai Syndrome. Uh, and it's uh, basically, like, bursts of emotions, and obviously Vulcans typically don't have much, much emotions. Uh, but, you know, the, the whole episode is about him being there on the ship, and they start to notice flares of rage bursting between various people. And we'll talk about some of the specific examples in a minute. S- some are rather comical. Some are funny. Uh, some are even more funny. And we'll we'll get into that. But uh, it's all about kind of dealing with the fact that he might not be physically capable anymore to do this negotiation, even though it's a really important thing for the Federation, and it's something that Sarek himself has been building to for a long time. In fact, that's why it has to be him, because he's built up a, a repertoire with with these people. He's, he's, he's built a relationship, and they'll trust him to at least enough to get through this. So, yeah, um, that's the gist of the episode. How did you feel about Sarek? Uh, it, it's pretty good, isn't it? Um, it's, uh, it's solid in that it, it manages to balance some very funny moments um, with actually having... Uh, some relatively serious plot beats in terms of you know liking it to to Alzheimer's that sort of you know old age essentially and uh, you know a person feeling like they can continue when maybe maybe you know they actually can't. Yeah, and there's a big thing in the episode about how he, I mean, he is in something somewhat in denial, but at the same time he's also been shielded from a lot of the truth about how much the the people around him. He's got a new wife who's also human, uh, much like his first wife. Uh, he's got this sort of entourage. He's got like his personal assistant, who's also Vulcan, but he's also got this. Uh, I can't remember his exact job title, but the smarmy one who kept smiling and telling Picard to do things. Uh, and he's got these people, and they're they're kind of intentionally hiding this from him. They don't want him to know how compromised he actually is. Now maybe they were going to tell him after this mission was complete, and they were hoping they could get through that. Uh, and it sounds like everything was going kind of smoothly, but the stress of this this mission coming up actually meant that the other Vulcan, who was kind of suppressing his feelings with his uh, male telepathy, it, it was starting to not work. And that, that's why all these yeah. flare-ups start happening around the ship. Uh, I suppose we'll talk about those first and foremost. Let's, let's work our way through some of these these fun ones. Um, Wesley Crusher got slapped, and you could see it coming. And that's the beautiful part of it, is you're like, she's a bit of slap. She's a bit of yeah. slap. And, and on Wesley Crusher, he is insistent in this episode that he has a way with the ladies. <laughs> well, I you know what? There was a... I think there's almost a a problem with Star Trek's mythology. This is a serious issue that we have to get down to here, because up until now, we have been, as you know, as I remind you at the end of every episode of this, you know, when it comes to the ladies, Wesley Crusher's in complete control. And they have been, they, you know, they've, they've really stuck to that. That, that has been a, a, a 
a cornerstone, a touchstone of the continuity and the character development of Star Trek. Not just the next generation, but of the entire saga, right? And in this episode, Jordi drops a bomb on us. He says, compared to every other, or compared to you, every other male in the ship is an expert with the ladies. I'm getting mixed signals here, and I don't know how to, like, <laughs> up until now, I've been looking at Wesley Crusher here as something of a Casanova uh, style of character, and all of a sudden I'm being hit with this idea that he might actually be a loser. And I, oh, well, no, here's the possibility. Jordy's <laughs> he's 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 flared up on on Sarek's anger when this happens. Maybe it's not true. Maybe maybe he's just saying that because he's bitter. Maybe maybe I don't know when he when he said. Or, or maybe we've been lied to. When he said that I, I I'll get more action out of my book tonight than you will out of this day. It felt true. So, so it something did. about it felt true. <laughs> So, so that, that was good. So there was yeah, there was two actually, there was two genuinely good Wesley scenes. Bizarrely, if I have a, <laughs> both of them with him being just put down yeah, in his place. Yeah. Admittedly, if I have a complaint, is that the first one, which is because the the time when they're fighting, then he says the the thing about the you know expert and the ladies and all that, because uh, they, they they're working on like the the Ligarians need this tank and they're, they're, they're setting up the, the the room for the negotiations. Um, the first time it happens, it does. It almost feels like it just goes straight to eleven out of nowhere. There's 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 no like sort of like gradual tease of like a little bit of a temper somewhere or something. It's just, no, 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 it's straight in there. It's straight Rankin in has there. to come in and split them up, which isn't necessarily even a mistake in this or a, or a critique of the script. Because I mean, if the whole idea is that Sarek's having these flares of temper, that it, that it wouldn't be a gradual build. It wouldn't be something that's rising like uh because because you know, obviously once stuff starts happening and they, then they notice that there's a problem. And Crush, yeah. Crusher's looking at everything. You know, she rules out all the things that could be in terms of a virus or something that's been, uh, you know, transmitted between people. That's where it is. We're conditioned on this show to have the problem introduced in this episode, like a mm. virus. Where okay, so it gets worse as it goes on. Whereas in this episode, we're already coming in. The problem's at critical stage already. As soon as it comes on board, yeah, and that's unusual. I think from you know at it's least different. in the way it's presented here. Yeah, it's, it's different. I don't even think it's different from the show. It's just different from most TV, uh, typically. And, you know, usually it's not a complaint that the gradual things over years. It's just not. It's just a natural way to do most things. Uh, whereas this, yeah. I mean, unless they're making a mistake and it's, it, you can feel the, wait a minute, bit of a build to this. But this actually has kind of a built-in reason. The more I learned about what was going on, it made more sense. But the first time it happened, it felt kind of like, oh, okay. Like, I get it what it's doing here. It's extreme and out of yeah. nowhere. But in context, that is kind of the, how it's supposed to work. And they do set up some good comic beats that come off of these. Uh, of course, there's O'Brien and the you know and and Ten Forward, and the he's he's picking he's fighting this guy over a table. He's like, "Oh, this is our table. Well, I didn't see your name on it." And Jordy like comes in and tries to like you know calm them down. I'll get you drinks. And it cuts to Riker and Worf. And Worf, there's like one offhand comment earlier on that the Worf's put in like a insubordination report about uh, an officer working for him. And so that's a serious claim, and you know Picard and Riker both know. I mean, that officer's you know been exemplary his entire time on the ship. And when he's talking, so Riker's talking to Worf, saying, "You sure about this, Worf?" Because he's like it's a serious accusation. He's like, "No, he, he questioned my command." He blah, blah. And and you know it's even funny before they open the door because Riker says, "You know, haven't you been noticing tempers a bit, a little bit flared up?" And Worf goes. Can't say I have, and I, I almost took that as like the Klingon thing, where to him this is just oh things are feeling more normal, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then they open the door and, and uh, Ted Forward is just in it's chaos. It's a full bar brawl going on. Yeah, um, I actually one of the little details that I appreciated here is that when all this ends and you get Picard down there with with Troy and they're talking about what's going on, 
I appreciate this is such a little thing. I appreciated that it was like the house lights were turned on and everything was really bright in a way that you never see this set. Because it really felt like oh no, because normally in a bar you have X amount of lights, but you know, when you're like when after hours when cleaning's the cleaning's going on or whatever, most places will have stronger lights that go on to like you know, so they can clean and yeah, see things. Yeah, you, you have lower lights for ambience yeah. and, and mood. And I just I feel like we've never seen this set with this lighting and I thought, oh that's actually a nice little touch that makes it feel more real. So Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. That was nice. Just a little thing, but it is what it is. Uh so yeah and of course uh picard's all excited about meeting sarik he's met him once before when he was a youngin he was a young fresh you know lieutenant or whatever he was at the time and he's all excited about because he knows sarik's like mozart and they've got they've got data doing a concert uh on his violin there with a little quartet to accompany him while he's part of the, you know what i mean he's not accompanied by quartet he's in a quartet but you know what i mean yeah which i think was three violins if i remember right i actually wasn't paying attention to what the instruments were but yeah there, there, there was there was one i think there was a cello and then three violins, I think. Well, you got, you, you got to have one of the big ones for some some bassier you strings. You do, you do, yeah. I'm trying to remember now if maybe if maybe it was two violins and a viola. I can't remember. Well, it, it makes it, sense. It's murky. I mean, it, it would, but it's it's still an unusual setup. I mean, I can't tell the difference between a viola and a violin just by looking at it. The violas are a bit bigger. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. But they're close enough that I wouldn't just glance at it and know. They're they're close enough that. As as a violinist, I've picked up a viola and can passibly play a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, whereas I, I couldn't touch a cello, for oh, example. Of course, yeah, cellos. I mean, you hold it completely different. C- completely start. different beast, yeah. Whereas yeah. A, a viola, I can get away with. Yeah, it's like it's like learning to play guitar and then try to do a bit of bass. It's like okay, your fingers aren't quite used to those thick strings, but you can kind of get the, you know the basics because it's the same principles. Yeah, yeah. You you can passably do some sort of level. Yeah, you could do some root notes at the very least, just to give us some yeah. boom. Um, no one ever wanted to play bass, though. <laughs> Everyone saw bass as the as the demoted. Uh, uh, they 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 didn't see enough cool bassists then. Apparently, yes. Uh, but you know, and because the big thing is that when they arrive on the ship, the uh, Sarek doesn't come first. He sends the, the 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 entourage comes first and explains that he does not wish to be disturbed. And Picard's a little disappointed because he's hoping to be able to talk to him and you know chew his ear off basically about his history and about his time in the Federation. And, you know, Sarek actually feels not as frail as they present him to be. They, they talk about him as if, oh, you know, he's very, you know, very delicate and we can't do this. But when Sarek arrives, he feels like good old Sarek. He feels like, no, no, he's still in command of the situation. He feels like he knows what he's doing. But they kind of insist that he does this. But when he, when they show him the uh, the meeting room uh, where Wesley and Jordy are, are, are working on things, he's, you know, he's like, oh, all the chairs have to be removed. This is, you know, the, they're not going to like this. They're not going to like that. It's very abrupt. And it's not... It's not severe enough right now that you think, oh, this is, you know, anger issues. It's more just, no, he's taking this seriously. Yeah, it feels like he's a bit temperamental in his old age, but not actually to the point where... Yeah, he's a little on edge, maybe. It's a, it's a big thing. It's mm. his last his last job. He wants it to go well. Yeah, but... Uh, so, they're not going to invite him, but then Troy kind of points out to the to Picard, like, hey, why don't you invite his wife and maybe she'll talk him into it or something. And he, he does so. And... They did show up. They did show up at this little concert, and uh, notably, there's some intrigue because Troy kind of notices some things in the empath side of things with the uh, the entourage. Uh, but the Sarek actually sheds a tear, and Picard notices this, and oh, this is obviously a big deal. The Vulcan shedding a tear. Yeah, uh, by, by just something as simple as, as some music. Yeah, being moved by music, 
uh, which is something I, I and I love music and I will shed a tear at a movie often. Music on its own can't do it for me. That said though, music that I associate from a scene in a movie can do it, but that's only because it has the association of the, the thing uh, itself. Fair enough. No, I, I've I've had it done from from just music before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What one last thing on on the, oh. on the on the violins? I noticed this because it stood out to me. Um, mo- most violins will pl- will have some sort of shoulder rest, right? Just because it's it's an uncomfortable instrument to hold against yourself for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you know you buy you know a proper one, like you know it's like it slots onto the edges, and you know it's like a little rubberized grip on the side with like, you know like a padded thing to put on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, what you do when you're just starting out playing is is you know, no no one has that investment. You you if you're if you start young, you're, you're on a, a smaller size as well, so you'll upgrade at some point. You get a, an elastic band, and you put a piece of sponge under it, and just tie it on with an elastic band. And there was one person in this quartet doing that, and it just it cracked me up. Like oh. this professional quartet there, you know, or, or, or as professional as it gets in this context, enough that he's you know playing this Mozart perfectly well with a with a sponge on an elastic band <laughs> under his shoulder. It, it just cracked me up good. I never even noticed that. Well, it's not something I'm trained to look for, so it never even occurred to me. It was just something that caught my eye, and uh, and it, it took me back. It was it was something I did in like my first year of playing. Well, I mean, Dave is the one who's maybe good at playing the violin, so he, he's basically maybe taught a few other people <laughs> to play some instruments in the last couple I mean, of weeks. It's <laughs> they're all fresh. That's quite a reach. That that in in a few weeks they're gonna be playing this, but sure. They're in Starfleet. They're better than you. Just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> but they they are complete control of those stringed instruments. Wesley Crusher's complete control of the ladies, right? You can't relate to these people. Uh, I'm calling some Geordie level bullshit on this. <laughs> uh, so, but they have to leave because he's getting emotional, and eventually, you know, the bar brawl kind of happens at this point, and they kind of have to accept the possibility that it is this 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 rare Vulcan uh, condition, and that he may have it. And Picard, and there's actually like a really tense moment where Picard and Riker start yelling at each other on the bridge. Again, they're being affected by the thing. It's not a real fight, but it does make and everyone else feel awkward. It was interesting because it was after, I think that, that was after Picard had said he hadn't been affected by it. Mm. So it was almost like there was this, it presented this idea that maybe some people are immune. Um, you know, uh, whereas this would, no, 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 it's just random. You know, it, yeah. maybe this time it'll affect you, maybe next time. So he goes in and he explains to to Sarek's wife, you know, we don't even see it, it just sort of cuts into the middle of the scene and she's already heard the, the gist of it. And she's sort of like adamant, no, she's kind of denying it. But it becomes kind of clear that it is, it is true, that, you know, the, and there's a point where Sarek comes out, he's overheard some of this and he, he's wanting to openly talk about it. He's a logical being, he wants to hear the, the evidence and he will, you know, discuss it appropriately. Uh, but what's really exciting about this, obviously there's the little things like the entourage try to, like, you know, oh, I'll speak to you Picard in private and Sarek's not. Yeah, even, even like small things like how, so there is a test that they can take mm-hmm. for this, but it'll take a couple of days, whereas the the, uh, the, the meeting scheduled to take place in like 12 hours. Um, and as soon as Sarek comes in, he's like, well, sure, I'll, I'll take the test. And Picard's like, well, it'll take a few days. He's like, yeah, that's so, so, so it is. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that the scene ends up being extremely strong because essentially, when they're left alone, Sarek eventually says, like, leave me alone with Picard. I wish to have this conversation. And 
as it goes on, we get to the point as he's getting more agitated through the scene, which again is particularly notable because he's a Vulcan, but he's getting more and more agitated throughout the scene as Picard keeps sort of like countering his arguments, giving him more reasons why he should consider this. And, you know, it gets to a point where he just keeps kind of yelling illogical and he's getting so frustrated and he's, he's, he's you know, he's, he's shaking with rage almost because he can't argue against this and he's getting very upset. And, Anyway, so the point where Picard's going to have to call this off, even though it's a really important negotiation, and then ultimately there's an idea, which is that they're going to mind meld, and this becomes kind of the big climax of the episode, is that Picard and Sarek will mind meld, the idea being that when they're melded together, uh, Picard's mind will help Sarek control the emotions, or, or, or put it more bluntly than what we see of it, Picard kind of gets hit with all of the emotions <laughs> as Sarek's able to go in and be himself, get the negotiations done, because, you know, we see Sarek go into the, into the room, although there is notable a couple of little things here. He keeps calling Riker number one, just to sort of give you the little hint that there's a little bit of Picard, kind of... The, the first moment where he just steps out and says no one, I was like, how much of this is Sarek and how much is Picard? Like, yeah. just, it was the way he said it. Yeah. No, I think it's just a little Picard. It's, it's, you know, it's mostly still him, but... It, as it goes on, yeah. that becomes clear, but it was just that first moment. I was like, how, how, how intense was this mind melt? But this is the thing, is that once he goes in, it cuts back to Picard, and he's just yelling and crying, and he's talking... And this was actually a really neat thing, because obviously we have Sarek in an episode, and it's kind of a big deal. We're season three of this show. We're three seasons into this, you know, reboot, essentially, of Star Trek. And, you know, they had, obviously, McCoy back in the first episode, and they've had little, you know, callbacks here or there, but it's mostly stood on its own. And I think with Sarek coming into an episode, you have this natural expectation, is like, oh, is he going to bring up Spock or talk about anything, you know, these big things from Star Trek? And I think... A, there's some restraint in that it's not just like talked about ten times because I think other shows would absolutely do that. Uh, yeah, lesser I think writing would do like that. A throwaway line here or there. Um, but there's very little in in this episode. Al- almost nothing about his family specifically and uh, Spock specifically. So I think is very restrained. So that this is the thing about nostalgia, right? And this is not purely just nostalgia, but the thing about nostalgia is that. It can be overused, and it can be this detrimental thing where it's relied upon too much, and so on and so on. But there's something about it that when you, you there's enough restraint to to let us relax into knowing that they're not going to be shoving it down our faces, and then enough restraint that we're not expecting it every two minutes, and then you strike with one snipe of it, like with one acute snipe of it, it is actually very effective because it works. Because it, it it ties to something and it makes it feel important. So, in the middle of this emotional sort of breakdown where Picard's kind of jumping from topic to topic as he's, like, dealing with all of Sarek's emotions, there's a little speech in the middle about Spock. About his about Sarek's regrets of, of about Spock and how he wished he could have told him he loved him and did, did something to that effect. It's like, it gets very kind of specific. And so, when Picard says the word Spock, it hits in multiple levels. It hits because there's been very little nostalgia for things that Sarek's related to in the, the old show. It also hits because hearing Picard say the word Spock, when I don't think is that I mean, has anyone said the word Spock in this show? I don't think so. There's a there's a throwaway reference to him earlier in this episode, mm. but not by name. I think I think Picard mentions that the time he met Sarek was at his son's wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is an interesting little tidbit <laughs> in, in <laughs> its own right. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's like I said, it's it's presented as a throwaway line, like ah, oh, Spock. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but I think the idea of like having this like emotional kind of almost closure to the Sarek and Spock relationship come through the voice of like Patrick Stewart as Picard is kind of this interesting way of tying the world together where 
Like having having Picard reference like characters like that uh, feels, especially when in this case, like okay, he obviously knows who Sp- who Sarek's son is, but he doesn't like he's never really you know had a relationship with him or met him properly. But he's at when he's at his wedding, I suppose. But like yeah, it, but this might have been just a lot of staff yeah. was invited because Spark was a senior figure at that point. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he was there on the the the, the core guest list. Who was there as part of the ceremony or anything like that? It's not like he was like a close personal friend. And honestly, the way Picard talks about it, it sounds like he has a lot more, you know, hero worship for lack of a better term for for Sarek as opposed to Spock. Mm. Yeah. So so having him break down like this and ha- so it can kind of hit like. It hit the relationship that Sarek and Spock have had since the original series and the beats that they've had together. In a way that it felt like, oh, it was giving me this little slice of conclusion to the arc. Because if this is the last time we see Sarek again, and I'm not sure if it is, but it felt kind of... It felt like it probably should be. Yeah, it felt like it should be. It felt conclusive in the episode. But if this is the last time we see of Sarek, it felt like an actual nice kind of send-off to... Obviously, because the core thing we have with Sarek is that he's Spock's father. Like, you know, he was introduced under the guise of being Spock's father. But his importance in the original show and in the movies was always tied to Spock and tied to Spock's history and mythology. It was. I uh, I really like the idea, though, that if this is his final appearance, and again, I kind of hope it is, that his first appearance was also there as a diplomat. You know, he was mm. brought on board, you know, and um, we're kind of ending through that same same uh, loop for, for that. Uh, it's It's got this nice symmetry to it. Yeah. So, no, I, I think the use of Spock uh, in this emotional beat, as, as Picard's kind of, like, just unleashing all these emotions that Sarek has that are now coming to the f- anyway and I wonder like if part of the reason why this this illness uh when it does pop up because they mentioned it's not happened in Sarek's lifetime to another Vulcan so it's clearly rare enough that it's yeah, not yeah they mention it's rare and it only happens to you know Vulcans who are over 200 yeah which maybe a lot of them don't make you know he's probably on the older side maybe so it's possible yeah you know it's uh you know, maybe the the added effect to it is the idea that you know, because the, the, you know, as, as Troy in this episode even points out to reminders of this is that it's not that they're incapable of feeling; it's that they they made a point over generations of suppressing those emotions, of suppressing those things. And I think you know, one of the things that any like scene ever in any movie or TV show ever that talks about suppression emotions, you know, it's always like, no, you don't put it in a box because it'll it'll grow and it'll fester and it'll become this thing that's bigger than it ever was and it'll, it'll eat at you. So the idea that he's been suppressing emotions for 200 years, like, maybe that's why they're so goddamn strong when they start bursting out. That's potentially part of it. I will say, I think uh, in, in the mythology, uh, you know, here is Vulcans are very aware of how intense their emotions are, like, more than humans. Mm. And that's why they suppress them, because they couldn't deal with it it was too yeah, extreme true. um so i mean it kind of works in and i think there was there was something about sarah being a relatively strong telepath which is why he was projecting these more than maybe other people with the with the the illness had done in the past yeah yeah no so it all works from from that point of view uh, uh obviously patrick stewart's just putting on a a poor performance as he's going through all these emotions there's tears flowing from his eyes he's you know, I, I, it's him sitting in a dark room. I mean, I mean uh, Crusher's like sort of sitting by because she's there for medical assistance in case he needs there it. There was a point during this where it, it was close up on his face to start mm. with. And when it pulled out, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe, is this going to reveal like he's chained to the desk because he's mm. like a danger to himself almost? Is, is the way he was acting and 
you know, really well. I mean, like, the, really powerful. The initial cut cuts to him, and he's like mid-scream, like his mouth's wide open, and he's yelling or yeah. screaming uh, when it cuts to him. So it's a really jarring, like, holy shit! But I've never seen Picard act like this in any way, shape, or form. This is so intense. not him. Uh, yeah, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's very effective, and they have this 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 uh, solid goodbye. At the end of the episode is you know they're leaving the transporter room. And Sarek says, you know, I, I, I doubt we'll meet again, which again kind of alludes to the fact that this is maybe the goodbye kind of story. And obviously, I think Sarek did appear in the movies technically after this, but this is the end of the timeline because this is later in the yeah the timeline. So, um, and you know, Picard says, you know, I hope that's not true. I, I hope I do get to meet you again. And uh, but he says, you know, the the best of us will be remembered in each of us. Like, you know, we'll always kind of have that. You know, the main melding is kind of this personal thing. It's it's kind of a big deal when they do it. Like, they don't yeah, they're still a connection once yeah. it's finished it's it's not you know all oh, right that's it done now yeah you don't just mind with any old tip because <laughs> you'll, you'll regret it you'll be connected to someone that you don't want to be connected to forever uh yeah. so it's a very very kind of emotional thing so no it's uh it's, it's one of those things where it doesn't really bring it up but you have to assume that you know he means he's main melded with his wife at some point because that's the part of the personal bond i assume of of being married I would have thought that is yeah. probably a major part of Vulcan relationships. Maybe even part of the wedding, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe they save that for the wedding. That's a thing they do. Maybe know. the traditionalists do. <laughs> Very good. Um, I mean, they still have sex, right? <laughs> it's not like I mean, it doesn't they replace have children, sex. So I'm yeah. assuming so. No, this is, this is an extra thing. We can't just compare it to sex because I'm pretty sure. No, but I, I meant in the way that yeah. maybe this is the emotional equivalent for them uh, in that. Sure. To, okay. to them, sex is a very logical act. It's it's procreation. It's not enjoyment, right? Whereas maybe the mind meld is the the emotional connection. Sex for them is literally just slotting A to me and A to B, and just that's it. It, it, it may well be, is all I'm saying. Hmm. We don't know. Yes, they would never refer to it as the Hall of Glory, is what you're saying. I I would suspect probably not. Yes, and Except maybe in Pomfar. And I realize, and I realize that uh, that was a solid reference, by the way. I guess a good bit. Because uh, I, I, it occurred to me what you what you just said after you said it. That's a, that's a good callback. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, oh, I was going to say yes. It, it occurs to me that very few people watch the comics podcast, to listen to the comics podcast, and also the Star Trek reviews. So me bringing up Hall of Glory randomly sounds so out of place and random. That is but such a, a there, niche crossover for our audience. There was set up for that and a different thing. Right? There, there was there was three of you who got that, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, so. There you go. That's sorry. That's, that's the episode. Uh, it's uh, a nice appreciation of a character to get a send off who you know maybe won't get as much attention in like the movies where he's kind of more of a bit player to you know all the all the bigger stars. But uh, you know the stuff with Sarek's really good. Um, I liked him kind of having to come to terms, like you know, comparing it to something like Alzheimer's or another you know aging related d- disease or condition. Uh, you know, it really has that metaphor there that science fiction often does, and the, the way the characters around them kind of hide them from it. Uh, and it's something that, you know, the Picard and that kind of just understand why they, they're doing it, but it's something they have to address. You know, Picard does not feel comfortable about going to address this with them. He has to go and do it because he has to make sure this, this negotiation goes properly that's, if it can go ahead. That's the moment where um, it actually affects him, yeah. him and Riker, is he doesn't really want to go and talk to him about this. Like we like say, he... He kind of has this this hero worship uh, of 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 Sarek and doesn't want to go and break his heart, mm. but you know, and and Riker's like, no, you have to, and that's where he get they get a bit heated. Yep. So, no, that stuff was all good. Plus, Wesley got slapped, which is always a good good. Uh... Two, two Wesley put downs in the same episode is 
generally, you know, a very good episode. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, no, it's a really solid episode. Uh, that is Sarek. Uh, so we'll look ahead at what episode 24 is going to be. We're getting actually quite towards the end of the season now. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, 26, right? Yeah, 26, yeah. So we've got, we got, we got three left. So, oh boy. Oh well. So this, this next one can go either very good or very bad based on past experiences. Oh god. Is it a Troy episode? When Diana's mother... <laughs> <laughs> technically a Troy episode that that's like that's all I read when I said what I said it was just Diana's okay. mother right because we've had good examples of this we've had bad examples of this uh, when Diana's mother spurns advances made by a Ferengi oh. he takes it upon himself to kidnap the two of them along with Commander Raker and steal them away so wait who, the two of who but Diana's mother spurns uh, advanced me by a Ferengi. I mean, I, I was the word Damon before, but I assume that's just the Ferengi's rank or whatever. Uh, he takes it upon himself to kidnap the two of them along with Commander Riker and steal away a border ship. I guess he means himself. I don't know. Anyway, that's such weird wording. But okay, the, the wording's weird, but I, I'm assuming Ferengi kidnaps Diana's mother and Riker. <laughs> oh, that could be gold. Yeah, so those two locked up for an episode. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, a certain uh, Wesley Crusher appears to be getting a, a proper uniform in this next oh. episode. That's a point. We had the re- return of the uh, the dress uniforms at the start of this one when they went to greet Sarek. Oh yeah, we've established this before they have this sort of more regal agili- you know, regalia. It's, for... it's one of those things that I kind of forget about because they use it so sparingly. But it's mm. always nice that they've got it just you know in the closet ready. Yeah, it's kind of like when you see police officers at a funeral or something, they'll have their, their full you know, yeah. smart attire, which is not what they wear, you know, on the job day to day. It'll be very impractical. So there you go. Uh, so there you go. Uh, oh, I just noticed they had the title of the episode for the next one. Go I on. I didn't see what it was before. <laughs> What's it called? Menage a Troy. I got, is... I got to I, I, I zoomed in on the phrase Diana's mother I didn't even know because I usually say the title first I never even noticed the title <laughs> Menage a Troy <laughs> oh, God. oh I'm kind of looking forward to it and also terrified and dreading it oh this better be half as funny as it, as it should be if, if it is as half as funny as the, the last you know, good one mm. with, with, with her then I'm I'm okay with that yeah, I'm alright with a funny episode. But you know, before maybe a couple, because maybe a couple of series episodes at the end, because it's the end of the season. I mean, the last one I know is for sure, but yeah, uh, and, and this was fairly serious. Yeah, and yeah we're yeah. in the last, you know, handful. Yeah, this is this should be our last comedy focused episode of yeah, the season. That's fine. Let's go. Let's go with a comedy bang. But yes, we'll see you next time. So of course, uh, let us know what you thought of the Star Trek in the comments below. You can like and subscribe. Like is very important on YouTube. Helps us out a lot. Uh, as does of course going to patreon.com slash mailfestv where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses for your trouble so go and have a look over there get us on the twitters at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates but otherwise that's us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching star trek and when it comes to the ladies i am seriously starting to question if wesley crusher is in complete control (laughs) 